0: The following audio content is a talk given at The Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. This summer, we're going to be going through a series called Engage. And what that is, is we're going to be looking at Scripture from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those are the books that give the account of Jesus' life. Right and his ministry during his time on earth. And Jesus was known as one of the greatest teachers. And when I think of a teacher, I think of when I was in college, and I'd go to my lecture classes, and there would be a teacher standing up front, and they would talk at me, and I would nod my head and take notes and look engaged, but I don't know if I was really listening at all during all of that. Can anyone relate to that? Just kind of sit in class, pretend to be attentive, but you don't really know what's going on. Um, but then I also think of those inspiring teachers that I'm sure you've had along the way, where they genuinely engage the class, and they have group discussions, or they ask questions, and you just kind of feel this genuineness from the teacher. And if you haven't had a teacher like that, then maybe you've seen a movie, like Coach Carter, or Stand and Deliver, or Freedom Writers, or Matilda, Miss Honey. And Matilda, anyone? Great. So, when we think about Jesus, I don't want us to think about him as kind of the lecture class professor. I want us to think of him kind of as that inspiring and engaging teacher. Because as Jesus teaches and he preaches, he engages his audience with questions. And as he does so, we no longer become just someone in the crowd that Jesus is talking to, but we become an active participant in his teaching. And they're not just nice teachings, and these aren't just nice sayings that Jesus has throughout the Bible, but they have the purpose of challenging us and inviting us to live in a way that Jesus advises the way to living abundant life. So each week during the summer, we're going to be looking at different questions that Jesus asks during his teachings. I know that summer can kind of be a time when you want to zone out, right? You finished finals two weeks ago, take a deep, deep breath, you're done, you're in summer, And it might be nice to just kind of, like, zone out for three months, right? But I think the cool thing about summer is we have this space and this time that we don't have during the school year where we have time to think about things. And so that's what I'm going to challenge us to do um, while we're not in the school year. So with that, we're going to engage in a hard question that Jesus asks us. But before we do so, will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for summer and sunshine and that even when it says it's going to rain, it doesn't, and the sun comes out. Lord, I thank you so much for bringing each student here tonight. I thank you that you were willing to come down to earth and be your teacher and ask us hard questions and invite us into a life, Lord, that can be so much more fulfilled. Lord, may we learn from your teaching. May this be your word, and um, we just thank you. Thank you for how good you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so the question we're going to look at tonight is, why do you worry? I worry a lot. And the passage that we're about to read is one that gets read over and over again. I know that when I first started reading the Bible, it was one that I was immediately introduced to, and I was like, oh, okay, Jesus says that we don't have to worry. That's awesome. Like, cool. It sounds nice. It sounds like a great idea, but then you continue living, and you continue on, and I keep worrying, and then we don't change, and we let these anxieties rule our lives. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, The word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. And then in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed. So taking those two pieces of Scripture, I want us to look at the following text through a lens that gives it power through a lens that allows us to let Jesus' teaching actually transform the way that we live. So we're going to look at a text in Luke chapter 12, and it says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of those. these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So, as I was preparing for this talk and thinking about the subject of worry, I asked some of my friends from college what it is that they spend most of their time worrying about, whether currently or while they were in college. And this is a list that I came up with. There's a lot more, but one of the main ones was worrying about the future, right? What is my purpose in the future? What's my purpose today? More so, what am I going to do in the future? Body image, this pressure to maintain this perfect body image. Finances, how am I going to pay for school? How am I going to pay for housing? I want to go on this trip. How am I going to pay for that? We have finding a job. What's my job going to be when I graduate college? What's my summer job going to be? What's my job going to be during the school year? Finding a community. Who are my friends going to be? Who, who's my best friend? Who's my go-to person? Um, this fear that they are not enough for people, that they're not lovable. These worries about what other people are saying about them or what they're thinking about them, worries about relationships and worries about failing. And I think a lot of these can hit, can hit home. I'm willing to bet that they occupy a lot of our, the space in our brain daily. So one thing that we're going to do, as you walked in, there is paper and a pen on your chair. If you don't have one, you can raise your hand and someone will bring you one. But well, I want you to take I want you to take thirty seconds and kind of write down two or three things that you find yourself worrying about, whether that's something on the list, whether that's something up here, something totally different. But go ahead and take thirty seconds to a minute to kind of jot those things down. Right, you can keep thinking about those or writing if something comes to mind. but I know for me personally, as I answer this question, that I'm in a season right now that, has the potential to be filled to the tip-top of the cup of anxiety and worries. And if I'm really honest with you guys, the past week, I'm waking up in the morning and my stomach is turning and it's gut-wrenching and it's so anxiety-filled to the point where in the morning, right, it's a brand new day and the second I open my eyes, I'm so anxious. And I just want to put that in perspective so that I'm not in this place where I'm standing up here and looking at you and pointing fingers and saying, don't worry, listen to what Jesus has to say, right? Because my life is very uncertain right now, and going back to that list, I can relate to almost all of it. Sorry, it's back there. Um, Yeah, all of it. I don't know what I'm doing next. I don't know what my job or my community will be or any of this. So it's safe to say that our lives can constantly be filled with worry so part of me kind of wants to answer Jesus' question when he says why do you worry in a sassy way by saying well here's why I worry because I have no idea what my life is that's why I worry but the thing is we all spend a lot of time trying to validate and justify our worries because a lot of times they seem really valid right so and so got into their major they already have a major I didn't get into mine He got that prestigious internship. She got to study abroad. They got straight A's. They're a superstar athlete. Everyone has a job lined up for the future. The list can go on and on with our worries and our comparisons. But as we make these lists and as our heart heart rate increases with anxiety, I see Jesus smirking at us and saying, Come on, right? Like Read my word and let it transform you. Because the passage that we just read in Luke doesn't instruct us to just sit in this pile of anxiety and worry. And Jesus isn't making a rhetorical question out of why do you worry, but instead he's inviting us to engage the subject matter and to take an honest look into why we believe that we have to resort to worry. Let's look again at the text in Luke, starting with verse 24. It says, consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Consider how the lilies grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? So what's the point of that? The point is that we as humans have way more value to God than birds do. I I hope that's safe to say. I hope you know that. But scripture says that how much more valuable you are than birds. And we as humans have more value to God than a field of lilies does. And as we look at the scripture, we see God takes care of the birds and he feeds them daily. He sustains their lives and then he also looks at a field and he dresses the fields and lilies. Oftentimes we want to know what our life is going to look like weeks or months or years down the road, right? We are a planning community. We plan ahead, and we want to know what's going to happen. But the thing in the scripture is that God provides for the birds and, God, and the fields one day at a time, in the same way that God wants us to trust him one day at a time. So why do we doubt whether God will take care of us daily? We look at these examples that Jesus uses in his teaching, and he asks us, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single minute to his life? God looks at the birds, and he feeds them. God looks at the, clo- at the fields, and he clothes it. And then he looks at us, and he knows what each of us individually need every day, day by day. So I want you guys to take a minute right here. Turn, your, turn to someone next to you. You guys already did a mingle game, so you probably maybe know your neighbor. But answer this question why is it so hard for us to stop worrying? You have two minutes. Why is it so hard for us to just resort to worry? When Jesus says, don't worry, it's coming from this deep rooted and confident belief that Jesus has that God is a father who does provide for his children. So I explained to you guys earlier this place that I've been finding myself in these past few days where I'm constantly making a list of the things that I have to worry about and waking up just so anxious. But I do have to say that there's a reason that I'm not falling down and crumbling to the ground or living in a constant state of panic. And it's because of this command that Jesus gives us, that God gives us in the Old Testament, and then Jesus gives us in the New Testament. And that is this command to remember. During the Last Supper... Jesus says, remember me as he breaks bread with his disciples. And I love that because if we don't remember Jesus and we don't remember the promises that he, makes, that he made during his time on earth, then we can never trust God's word. And we can never be free from worry because there's no foundation for trust, right? So this is the challenge and discipline I put myself through as anxieties and worries creep in. The first thing I have to do is I have to remember. Where has God provided for me in my past? Right? I can't look back at a single instance in my life and say God wasn't there. God wasn't there when that happened. Because even if something didn't go my way or something went terribly wrong, God was there either to provide a better way, to teach me something, or to hold my hand through it. A year and a half ago, I was finishing up my senior year of college and That was in Colorado. And so I had accepted this job out here, this internship out here in Seattle, and I had so much peace about it.
1: And then the second I
0: said yes, I went into that weekend being like, oh, shoot, what did I just do? Like, what is my life going to be like? What's it going to be like to move away from my friends and my family? Where am I going to live? Who are my friends going to be? And one of the maybe stupidest worries that I had was, uh, like, I'm going to miss out on the ski season in Colorado. (laughs) But step by step, God so clearly paved the way for me, right? I just finished this year. I did have friends. I did have a community. I got to see my family plenty of times throughout the school year. I lived in a beautiful home in this beautiful city. Seattle's gorgeous. And I look back now and I see how abundantly God provided. And I'm kicking myself for whatever time I wasted worrying about what this season of life would be. Maybe you guys spent last quarter or last school year worrying about a certain class or worried about finding the right internship for the summer. And then your grades come in and they weren't so bad after all, right? Maybe I shouldn't have stayed up till 4 a.m. studying. Or you're here now and you're okay, right? So looking back, you see the time that was wasted on worrying because God has brought you here today. So we're going to do one more thing where you have to talk to people around you. Hopefully, you came in an extroverted state of mind. But I want you to turn to someone next to you and tell them something stupid that you have worried about before. It can be petty and dumb or funny. Okay, you guys were laughing and smiling, so there has to be some funny ones. Will someone, people share? What are some petty things you used to worry about? Go. <laughs> so you were Mr. Zimbabwe? What? <laughs> okay, awesome. Anyone else? Give me some more. You guys are laughing. I know there's more. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, story of my life. (laughs) Did everyone hear that? He said, worrying about knowing what you're going to order before the waitress comes back. Right? Anything else? Let's do one more. One more. Don't be embarrassed. We love each other. Hannah. (laughs) she's too worried let's encourage her (laughs) no one more yeah go ahead and you yeah did you guys hear that yeah okay good great yeah see we all have these kind of petty worries i know i worry if i'm like It's cold in the morning it's going to be hot in the afternoon and then I'm going to be cold again at night and then I come to work with like a huge backpack full of clothes with like every outfit opportunity. It's stupid. It's stupid and it wastes time, guys. (laughs) But back to this idea of remembering. By learning the discipline to remember our past and by training our eyes to see God's fingerprints all over our messy lives, We see that God is a God who creatively provides for us. And it's not always in the way that we hope it will be. And it's not always the way that we think would be best for him to provide. But he provides just what we need day by day so that we don't have to worry. Right? In the Lord's Prayer, we say, provide us our daily bread. And how often do you go to bed at night being like, thanks, Jesus. I had breakfast today. He provided, right? So how can we move forward with this idea of removing worry from our lives? And how can we allow Jesus' teaching to transform our day-to-day lives? Again, this passage is always one that seems nice, but kind of an impractical idea. And I think this challenging question that Jesus asks us is meant to push us to become disciplined in replacing our worry with remembering. And what would it look like for you and me to spend some time this summer practicing putting Jesus' teaching into action? What if we stopped wasting our time, being anxious, justifying our worries, and we replaced it with this idea of remembering who God is and how delighted he is to provide for you, and clinging to the truth that God indeed wants you to not waste one more breath worrying? I don't think it's an outrageous thought. I think that we can do it, and I think that we can overcome this natural tendency to steer towards worry, and I think we can build a solid foundation of trusting that God does provide. As I remember how God provided for me in the past, I'm then compelled to thank him for the scary place that I find myself in now. And I know that seems totally outrageous to say, thank you, Jesus, that I don't know what my life is going to be. But when we replace our worried thoughts with gratitude and thanksgiving and remember a God who provides, then we can train our eyes and our minds to actually walk the walk with God. So instead of walking around being like, okay, I'm going to master this, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, how can we replace that with remember, give thanks, and remember and give thanks, remember and give Thanks. I can thank God right now for this season of uncertainty because it only draws me closer to him. Because I have to trust him. I have to trust him and I have to remember that he has provided for me in the past. And the cool thing about God is that he's constant, right? So it's not like he provided for me in the past so he's done with me now. It's that he's going to remain constant. He's going to provide again and again and again. So earlier you guys wrote down three things. Three things. Two to three things maybe that you spend your time worrying about. And what I'm gonna have you do next is you're gonna turn that piece of paper over, and I want you to write down a place where God has been faithful in your life. This is kind we're wrapping it up. So I want you guys to take this paper with you too as a remembrance, something to remember how God has been faithful, to replace your worried thought life with one of gratitude and remembering who God is. I didn't tell them this, but I was going to ask Grant and Scott to come up and kind of do a little acoustic while you guys write. Um, but before that, will you guys pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for just your truth, God, In that that is so much more powerful than the, the petty things that we resort to. Lord, thank you that you give us this scripture and that you gave us this teaching, Lord, and that you do provide a way out of worrying. Lord, that you have been so faithful in our past, Lord. And God, I know some of us have really hard stories, and I know some of us have kind of coasted through life, Lord, but may we not forget who you are, Lord, that you love us, that we are more valuable to you than birds. God, that we are your children. Thank you so much for who you are. May we remember to remember the ways that you have loved us. In your name we pray, amen.